G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, for those listeners throughout the Northern Territory, I know you'll be looking forward to casting your ballot this coming Saturday on the 22nd of August. It's the Northern Territory election, 25 seats in the Territory Legislative Assembly. And not everybody loves to cast their vote, but let's assume for a few moments that Christians think that their vote counts and that it's a part of our Christian responsibility to have a political view so that we might see a better outcome than we have seen because we use that facility of being able to vote to make a difference in our own local communities. Let's get some insights ahead of this Saturday's territory election with Bishop Greg Anderson, who's the Anglican Church Bishop of the Northern Territory, back with us today. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. I think voting is a bit like green vegetables. Um, You might not like doing it. doesn't matter whether you like doing it or not. You just have to do it because it's good for you. It's good for you. Hey, Greg, let's talk a little bit here because those listeners that we have today on our program in the Northern Territory are likely to come from some connected Christian community. And to hear from a senior church leader in the Territory, let's get your insights on how responsible we ought to be with our vote when we're a Christian Mm. believer and it comes to the opportunity that we have, this wonderful privilege, Mm. to be able to cast our vote in a democratic election. Mm, thanks, Neil. I think this is a really important thing to be talking about. Um, I remember being at the um, the opening of Parliament four years ago when the when the ALP got into government after having been in opposition um, for the previous little while, and uh, I was interested to see as the members of Parliament were sworn in, which ones chose to swear their oath on the Bible, and which ones chose to make. Uh, a non-religious or non-Christian, um, you know, solemn affirmation of whatever it is that members of parliament have to um, commit themselves to. And I think it was probably about 50-50. It wasn't, it wasn't 50-50 spread evenly across the different parties or independents, but I think about 50-50. And I'm not sure that everybody who swore an oath on the Bible necessarily has an active Christian commitment but I guess it means that the Bible and the Christian faith are at least there in the background of their thinking as something that they don't want to kind of actively or purposefully turn against. They still want to acknowledge it in some kind of way. So, Greg, when we talk about the really what some would say is an increasingly secular society, it's almost as though some are fighting to get God out of our politics. Is there something yes. here that we need to have some level of fight to keep God or increase God in our political mm. systems? Yeah, what an excellent question. I think there's, um, there is a certain amount of fighting to get God out of politics. But on the other hand, I think there's some, uh, some talk, some rhetoric about getting God back into politics. So one of our 
outgoing uh, retiring independents uh, who's been in Parliament for many years in uh, to, in the greater Darwin region, but in the rural area just around Darwin, um, is Jerry Wood, who's a very prominent Christian person. Um, the leader of the Territory Alliance Party, the new party in the Territory election this year, um, is Terry Mills, who was formerly with the CLP and then has been independent in Parliament for the last four years. Um, he's been a prominent Christian for many years in the Territory community. And so um, I, I'm aware that we've had some forums around the place where Christians and churches are asking individual candidates what their own uh, commitments are on various issues, um, particularly issues that Christians are concerned about. I myself am not absolutely convinced that that's really the best way to go because although uh, individual politicians, individual parliamentarians um, will have to make their own decisions on particular matters. Um, let's say, for example, we had uh, legislation in the Territory before, many years before, that the federal parliament overturned in the end, allowing euthanasia in the Northern Territory. And Christians will have a view about that. We can find out what individual politicians' own commitments might be but really, in the end, it's a party who will govern. A party's, a party's made up of individual politicians, but, but actually a much broader network than just those individual politicians. And so I think we really need to be looking at the, the whole set of political values of a party rather than just making a decision um, around the individual expressed commitments um, of a particular candidate for election. Oftentimes, when it comes to an election, you've got your Christian constituency ready to cast their vote, and some more enthusiastic than others, but many who are quite enthusiastic, knowing that they can make a statement. Uh, the idea that you've got this once-in-a-term opportunity to make that statement uh, really comes down to how you might think with your own conscience and whether you've got this opportunity at that point to be able to cause some accountability to what you as the voter, as a constituency within the Territory, uh, have to say when you cast your vote. But of course, if people don't vote according to their conscience, there can be no such statement. What are your thoughts around the responsibility of voting according to your Christian conscience? Mm, good question, Neil. I think, I think uh, making a statement, um, using your vote to make a statement is actually a very blunt instrument and I think the statement may well you know, not be likely to be heard because, because the votes are all secret. And so somebody who's elected, you know, let's say, let's say we've got an anti-euthanasia candidate and a pro-euthanasia candidate on the same ticket in your electorate and you have to exercise your ability to make a statement about what you think about that issue. Um, the trouble is that the person who's counting the votes doesn't know that that was your statement. They, they don't know that you voted on that issue. It might be that uh, one of the candidates had a had an attitude on pro-fracking and another was anti-fracking or some aspect of social policy um, or economic policy or um, the situation of Aboriginal people in the Territory. The people counting the ballots don't know which of those issues led you to to make your statement. And so um, I'm just a bit um, sceptical, really, that, 
Uh, I'm not sceptical about people voting according to their conscience. People should vote according to their conscience. But I think um, imagining that uh, a statement that you're trying to make by voting according to your conscience will actually be communicated effectively. So you've got to take that another step deeper, haven't you? You've got to actually be in a place where you can contribute to the political process, the idea of policy formation, and uh, and other parts of Australia where there's been a lot of Christians over these past years rising up and joining various political parties. That's a way to make your voice known and so that you can hold those sorts of policy platforms that might be anti-Christian uh, to some level of account. That would be a very good way of going about it, Neil. In fact, I just had a conversation with somebody this morning who has a relative who's made the decision to go into politics because this person is a Christian person. And I think that's, uh, I think that's an excellent way forward. And the trouble is that because we're in a situation now where the community as a whole tends to distrust politicians and doesn't really hold them in high regard, then uh, I think because Christians want to be held in high regard and rightly, um, they might they might not see that it's um, such a great choice to go into politics, but I think we, we want people of integrity uh, in all spheres of community life, including in politics. And so we can pray that God will um, call some people out to to uh, be involved in not just standing for election, but being involved in parties, you know, from the grassroots up and contributing. Um, to the party's own ideology and its own sense of the direction that it's headed in. Greg, in your role as Bishop in the Northern Territory, you've got a wonderful affinity for what is happening in Aboriginal communities. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts around the spirituality of Aboriginal communities in the Territory and, and how they might be feeling about the election. Well, I don't have... I don't have special insights, um, and you know, going back to that issue about voting, voting to make a statement or voting according to your conscience, um, I would think that a bigger danger in our remote communities is just lack of engagement with the political process at all. We've got some excellent members of parliament from remote areas and some excellent candidates standing in those remote seats. I would love it if people who live in those remote electorates were, you know, bringing to bear every part of their thinking on the political process. Um, I hope that happens. I, I suspect that one of the barriers to that happening is that a lot of the campaigning is in English and in remote areas. That means that there's probably not, you know, fantastic communication happening. You might know that in one of the uh, Arnhem Land seats last time around, Ingyar Mark Guyala was elected as an independent um, for the seat of Norrenboy by only eight votes, a margin of only eight votes, but I think part of the reason he was elected is because he uh, speaks the language of remote area Aboriginal people in that part of the territory, mind you, that seat includes the town of Norrenboy, which is mostly English-speaking people and it had been represented by Lynn Walker for the ALP for many years before that. But I think that issue of communication about what politics is all about, what is government's role in our society, 
um, all of that is kind of foundational stuff to effective politics in the remote areas well, and still needs to be done. Greg Anderson, just great getting your insights today and letting us in too on issues around language difficulties which we don't often think of uh, when we're talking about Australian elections, at least not people outside of the Northern Territory. But your insights, uh, wonderful. And uh, for the election that's coming up this coming Saturday, let me just say that uh, we'll be talking some more through the lead-up to the Northern Territory election and recognising just how important it is for people in those communities listening to our conversation today in the Northern Territory around the election campaign and what the result might be. Bishop Greg Anderson is the Anglican Church Bishop of the Northern Territory. Uh, Greg Anderson, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.